It's so much easier to talk about cool Battletech and Mech Warrior stuff when you actually know about Battletech and Mech Warrior stuff. You're listening to the No Guts No Galaxy podcast. No Guts No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast number 36. My name is Phil, and I'll be your host tonight. It is July 11th, 2012, and my shout-out is going to go to Alan and AJ. You know who you are. It's good playing with you. Good to meet you. Semper Fi. Indeed. Darren. Yeah, this is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil. I have two shout-outs tonight. My first one goes to Dean Hall. He is the creative mind, or the, the basically the sole creator of the Daisy mod and so what I want to say to him is uh, twofold thank you and fuck you my second shout out is uh, to Japan basically the country as a whole um, they are actually going to try and build a working not just the the mock-up one that they already have but a working Gundam mech so more power to them I'd like to see that happen those crazy Asians Sorry, Brad. I love them Japan, once again, pioneers in a field important to nerddom. First porn, <laughs> now Mecca. All right, Brandon, who do you have tonight? Hello, this is Brandon, also known as Catrick Hell, and tonight my shows are going towards uh, two games, actually, I've been spending most of my week playing. Uh, the first one being Blacklight Retribution, and the second one being DayZ. Yes, DayZ. Don't pull that Z shit. You don't live in England. Come on now. All right, Craig. Canada, same thing. I want to give my shout-out to Shimmering Sword for his... Uh... Archer drawing that he did for us. Oh my god. I've never really been a big fan of the Archer, just mostly for the look, like many other TRO art mechs, but oh, I kind of want one now. <laughs> we will be linking it shortly. Yes. Alright, George, who do you have tonight, bud? I want to give a shout out to all the folks on the Mech Warrior online forums who enjoy my work and have said hi, and to all of them who really think I suck. <laughs> hi, well- kids! No, I don't think there's any in that latter oh, category. Dude, I I spend all my free time just trolling, you know, forums looking for people mentioning me. <laughs> they're, they're not saying that you should get cancer. They're saying that your talent grows like cancer. <laughs> That's true. Yes. No, it's like one guy was vicious this week. I'm not going to go into it, but boy, I was like, wow, he doesn't like me. <laughs> it's okay. That he no has one, no life. No one will cry when he passes. I'm just saying. Yeah. Couldn't clear right, the Solaris level of Mech Warrior. Obviously. No, it's just, it's good. That means I'm affecting many people at many levels. Yeah, yeah. he he was an unsuccessful version of Spectre, and we know it. Gotcha. (laughs) All right, I'd like to say welcome to all of our live studio 
audience members. We've got quite a few tonight, and it's still growing. More people pouring in. Um, and, of course, thanks to all of our new listeners. And if you're new, appreciate it. Make sure you check out the website, register, check us up, hit us up on Facebook and all that. Indeed. And it is now time for the No Guts, No Galaxy News, founded in 2011, reporting in 3049. And now for the news. Are you looking for more members for your MechWarrior unit, or do you just want to flaunt your greatness? For your own unit sponsorship or recruitment ad, go to the donation page on our website at NoGutsNoGalaxy.net, make a unit sponsorship donation of $10, and your ad will be included in the following show. And you can also, of course, uh, do a Duncan Fisher voiced ad if you would like, and that option is there as well. Are you part of a unit participating in the upcoming MechWarrior Online, MechWarrior Living Legends, MechWarrior 4, Mega Mech, or any other Battletech-related type group? If so, reserve your spot on the No Guts, No Galaxy Outreach TeamSpeak 3 server today. Server information is located on our website. Once you're logged in uh, to TeamSpeak, contact Phil, Alex G., or myself, Bombadil, for assistance in getting you set up. This week in our international top five... We have uh, a new entry at number five. It's Portugal, Bas Vindas, Portugal. Number four is Japan. Number three is Canada. Number two is Australia. Number one, Germany. And this week's community spotlight, speaking of that uh, link we mentioned earlier, is going to be Shimmering Sword for his amazing work on the Archer, which will be our uh, third t-shirt in the series. Um, and somebody is hopefully linking that to the live audience. It is freaking amazing. Just like uh, Greg was saying, uh, he didn't like the Archer before, but after seeing this, he does. I did like the Archer before, um, but I like it even more now. What do you think, Phil? Mm-hmm. Delicious. I, you know, not to get off on tangent here, but um, I've I've been actually talking with Anthony off and on throughout this whole creative process he has. And he's been utilizing some feedback from, you know, um, other venues, Forgehand and stuff like that. You know, I mean, just to sort of get other people's opinions. And uh, uh, I saw one version he had before he went down the road of the the final here. And uh, one of the suggestions they made actually, you know, made a big change in how the overall look of it turned out to be. And so, you know, it's good that he's taking those artistic, constructive, albeit criticisms and uh, making his work even better and you know uh, I love it so that's all I really gotta say I agree if you have a community spotlight uh, that you'd like us to highlight on the show send an email with information to spotlight at nogutsnogalaxy.net and we'll get it up Um, if you are looking for a tabletop game in basically in South Florida you're in luck because there's two different people that are uh, looking for more members down there. Um, first one is Mike, who also goes by Frantic Pride. He's in the Miami, Florida area. The other is Gustavo Barona. Uh, he does a game at 6 p.m. at Adventure Game Store in Davie, Florida, which is in South Florida, uh, Broward County area. Uh, their information, their email, contact email, is on our website in the episode number 35 show notes and that that information will also be in this episode's show notes 
And if you're playing a tabletop game in your area and you're looking for more players, or if you want to start one, just let us know. We'd love to announce it and, and you know uh, promote your game for free. So email us at localgames at nogutsnogalaxy.net with your info. And uh, also, after you get some games played or whatever, make sure you take some pictures and send those in as well. And finally, funding for this podcast is brought to you by you. This is a listener-supported podcast, and your donations keep us on the air and pay for such things as hosting, TeamSpeak 3, equipment, software prizes, and other projects. Check out our new donations page, which includes reoccurring donations, unit sponsorships, George Ledoux recorded messages and ads, and now, finally, the NGNG Warhammer t-shirts are available for a $40 donation. Uh, why is it $40? Because this is a limited time collector's edition t-shirt and the profits go towards the next shirts in the series and getting the artwork done for those. Uh, next will be the Marauder, then the Archer, and then finally the Rifleman. Um, we are now in the process of getting these uh, printed and shipped and we are super excited. We're going to get pictures up on our website as soon as possible. Uh, Phil's very excited about uh, taking pictures of himself and getting those out for you all to see. And just going to throw this out there um, with the t-shirts. Mind you, you're not paying $40 for a t-shirt. You're actually donating to get more artwork done by uh, Anthony Shimmering Swords. So just just to be clear, a lot of people, you know, they're like, wow, $40 for a t-shirt. No, it's, you're helping the cause to get more of these unseens re-seen. So. Yeah, what is it called, that, that movie where you, you pass along a good thing, one to the next to the next or whatever? Pay it forward and yeah. reference it again. Um, yeah, stupid movie, but basically uh, that's what's happening here. We're, we're trying to support um, the artists in the community, um, but none of us are self-made millionaires, so it requires support from you guys for us to support them. But it's pretty exciting. We've been seeing a lot more action from the artists in the community, uh, a lot more amazing artwork. So I think it's, it's working, and it's, uh, it's going to be a cool thing over the years to come. And pictures will be going up as soon as we get them, which uh, I believe we'll be ordering our first load tonight. So, uh, yep. pictures soon. All right, guys, Indeed. we're going to be moving on. And we have a special guest tonight, actually a very well-known um, throughout, I would say, some parts of the online community. Um, I'd like to welcome the Matani of the Goonsorm. Hello, hello. It's good to Hey, be here. welcome, man. So, first off, um, you know... I, I, I don't really know where to start because I, um, <laughs> uh, I was going to say um, I've actually known you throughout the Eve community, but you're also known throughout the other parts of the you know the online community. So you want to tell us a little bit about what you do and what I guess Goonswarm Federation is for those who may not know. Okay, um, Goonswarm began in late 2005 as the uh, Eve-related arm of uh, Something Awful Goons. Uh, Goons, of course, come from somethingawful.com, which is a comedy website uh, run by Rich uh, Richard Lotax Kianka. And um, we play lots of games. It's a big forum community of about uh, 170,000 members. And so there's pretty much Goons in every single game that you'll encounter. So I happen to run the alliance in EVE Online, which is Goonswarm Federation. And uh, we also uh, have a pretty substantial representation in both uh, the MechWarrior Online forums. People are very eager about the game and want to form a group. And uh, we have a pretty substantial presence in uh, World of Tanks as well. Um, 
there are goons in every game out there, but those are the ones that uh, have something to do with Goonstorm Federation specifically. So are you guys sort of like a gaming cult? Uh, I think cult is not a bad analogy, <laughs> actually. <laughs> that's uh, that, that's pretty reasonable. Goons have a, uh, have a somewhat distinctive culture, and uh, it's pretty easy for people who've spent time on the forums to be able to determine who is one of us and who is not one of us. And so, so cult so is good. The ever-elusive good poster. Indeed. So I played EVE, uh, I probably stopped playing around three or four years ago, but pretty much played for three or four years before that and uh, fought you guys most of that time uh, along with uh, the Russians. Now, I have a biased opinion of, of at least the EVE goonswarm people, but what I'm wondering is, um, does your reputation precede you? What is your typical reception uh, amongst people who don't know Goonswarm or don't know you guys personally? I think it's safe to say that people see us as the worst thing that's ever happened to the internet. Uh, when we showed up on the MechWarrior online forums, someone, some terrible, shameful poster, unironically compared something that we had done in EVE, uh, disbanding an enemy alliance, to the Holocaust, and he did it without a shred of irony. Um, we stick to ourselves, and we do what it takes to win. Uh, but because of that, because we don't recruit from the public, I think that there's a, a great gulf of misunderstanding about who we are and what we do. And we don't really help that because we don't actively attempt to uh, combat rumors about us or anything like that. Like we don't try say. to, to <laughs> we don't try to correct to, to correct people's misconceptions because the demonic image that people have of us is usually something that is useful uh, when you're in a competitive gaming environment. So, I mean, so, from, that, from the outside looking in, if someone really didn't know who Goonswarm was, and if we put it in the like, context of EVE, I remember, you know, years back when I first started getting into EVE, and really, you know, the innards of, you know, all the alliances and, you know, the social aspects. I mean, from what I understood, it was a group of people that wanted to, like, ruin other people's experiences while gaming, and... You know, I think at the time I probably was like, you know, that's pretty screwed up. But then, you know, as my online uh, experience in EVE changed and I saw how things work, I mean, it's you guys are a unique group. And I mean, I have to give props to, I, I would say, at least to their success and the organizational aspects. Uh, I mean, you guys hold true, uh, but I could definitely see where someone might hate you guys. I mean, I, I think that would be deserved in some aspects, but. Isn't that the tons unique... of people hate them? But, I was going to uh... say, isn't that the unique thing about uh, a sandbox sort of uh, style of a game? Though, is to be able to use the game and and go as in depth of, to create your own sort of society and culture. I mean, I, I think it's important to understand why Goonswarm has the reputation that it does. We sort of have to take a few steps back to the early days of Eve. Um, so bear with me for a little bit. Uh, EVE, of course, is a game where you can't grind to get experience points. Everything is based on skill points, which accumulate over time. So when Goonswarm came to EVE, EVE was already an established game. EVE began in 2003, when Goonswarm started was in late 2005. There was an established old guard in the outlying areas of space, which were conquerable space, nullsec, null, uh, zero security space. Uh, this is territory where anybody can shoot each other, and there's no law or NPC police to protect you. So there was this established old guard, they had all the territory, 
and they had all the skill points. There was no way to catch up with them. Uh, the old guard basically had set up a system of what I mockingly referred to as e-honor, this sort of hypocritical bushido, um, which served to a sort of a set of morals as to how one should play Eve and how one should not play Eve. And of course, it was completely self-serving. Um, what they considered to be dishonorable were tactics that would result in their power being challenged. So Goonswarm shook things up very badly in terms of the dominant culture in Eve at the time, because when we came in, um, we realized early on that there was no way that we could survive or prosper if we went along with this sort of this culture. Um, if you fought on their terms, you wouldn't win. Exactly. You know, that old school mentality reminds me a lot of, um, you know, our real world politicians of the day. It so does. Are you saying we should chop off their heads, Darren? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. So now, um, <laughs> basically, okay, so back when I was uh, fighting you guys for several years, I mean, basically the way, the, the, the way people um, talked about you was that you were griefers. Would you say that that's accurate or inaccurate or what? I would say that's completely accurate, yes. As you said that, I mean, when you came into Eve, there was this established guard, and you decided to shake things up. You took your griefer potential, all your griefer energy, and threw it into uh, shaking up the order, going outside this Ibushido thing. And that, of course, has led to, well, pretty incredible success. I believe Goons lead the coalition that dominates roughly half of conquerable space right we, now. we do control roughly half the galaxy yeah especially because we just conquered three more regions as of today the southern coalition shattered and uh that war just ended so nice high five another three regions so but, well with this i mean with MechWarrior online you're going into you've announced that you're coming into a game that's not even launched beta yet there is no old guard so what do you see the goons' role being in the mech warrior context? Also, along those lines, like, obviously, you have the potential to, to blob and Eve and to, to do, you know, those kind of grief tactics. Um, do you even see that being a possibility in MWO? I mean, it, with, with set teams, 12v12 or whatever, uh, those tactics aren't really available to you. Or do you think you'll have a different reputation in MWO? Um, are there any? Is there anything you can say about what your plans are or aren't? I think you want to have me run my mouth for 15 minutes to answer all those <laughs> questions you just asked me. Let me try to start at the top. Uh, first of all, blobbing is not a griefing tactic. Anyone who has any military sense realizes that you should always bring more to a fight if you want to win. Right. And that if you're in any kind of competitive game where the stakes are high... And in EVE, the stakes are extreme, more so than any other game, because loss has consequence. If you fight with one hand behind your back, you're a fool, and you will lose. Amen. Um, second of all, blobbing. In the early days of EVE, because of the skill curve I talked about earlier on, um, the situation we had was we would have to use lots of little ships in order to succeed and overwhelm our foes using frigates instead of battleships. Uh, modern Goonswarm does not fight like that. Uh, we have caught up and displaced the old guard, so we actually use some of the single most expensive ships available in the game. We're running around with fleets of 250 Tingus, which is a very fancy ship in EVE. Anyway, uh, regarding grief tactics in Mech Warrior, I think that it is it is dangerous to compare Mech Warrior goons to Eve goons because it's more analogous to examine what we do in World of Tanks. World of Tanks is also like um, 
MechWarrior in that it has a set match size. Uh, despite the fact that you cannot bring more than 15 people to a fight, uh, on the North American server, goon clans control all of the good land in Europe, those being NDP, Stug Life, uh, Babby Stug, formerly uh, Martyr She Wrote, etc. Um, so I think it's better probably to compare what we do in tanks. Uh, so when, when you look at tanks and how you just said yourself, you guys are able to pretty much have a pretty good stronghold. Do you foresee that happening in MW as well when the, the planetary system goes live? Wait, actually, before you answer that question regarding World of Tanks, those clans that you just mentioned, what's your relationship with them? What's our relationship with them? Yeah. The uh, Stug Life is the Goonstorm Federation, essentially, uh, clan in World of Tanks. Interesting. I just retired from uh, World of Tanks and uh, had no idea that that was you guys. Yeah, uh, no d- NDP is uh, No Dumb Pubs, and uh, yep. that's also a good clan. Well, I can definitely say, knowing all of those clans that you just mentioned, that um, your presence in World of Tanks is nothing like it, it was in... Uh, Eve, at least when I played. So, um, honestly, I, you know, everything. Every time I went up against any of those clans, uh, it was respectable. It was good combat. Um, it was strategic. It was, you know. So I would be personally happy to welcome that same kind of gameplay in MWL. I think that um, one of the reasons why we are so misunderstood is that we don't try to, like I said earlier, we don't try to be understood. We don't recruit from the public. We don't have any need to recruit from the public because we have our own forums with 170,000 users. So, um, you know, you're not going to see people in in the Goonswarm equivalent word of low tax uh, in MWO running around and, you know, engaging in sort of petty grief play where you're like, I don't know, I don't know what would count as petty grief, like team killing or something. Nobody cares about team killing. That's not actually griefing. Griefing in EVE is a, is a means to an end of victory. Uh, what you'll see in MechWarrior is just uh, us finding the weak link, whoever that happens to be, and uh, stomping on it. And if there's a knife to twist, we will twist that knife. But it's, again, a means to an end of victory. Yeah, and I think uh, the we can't really compare just like you said we really can't compare anything that happens in EVE to what's going to happen in MWO you could compare MWO to World of Tanks because of the the matchmaking system and stuff like that that probably will happen so whereas you're leading you know a thousand people on a battle in EVE or something like that or even more at any given moment you're going to have 12 guys versus 12 guys so you're going to have to they're going to be on the same playing field and i think that's what's unique about mechware in general is it's literally going to come down to your skills and not just skills but your your forethought do you prepare do you look at the maps do you look at what mechs the loadouts what type of terrain what type of environments all this i think a lot of that's going to play with anybody let alone uh goonswarm i think the the, the game changer is is let's take let's take Air, aces right we've only got 10 12 guys right yep he's going to be bringing in maybe hundreds well that's what i was going to say like world of tanks i was just trying to think now how can they you know their massive numbers affect the game you know it can't really affect an individual match but in world of tanks if you have a lot of members multiple clans multiple versions of your clan you know one two three four whatever um, in other words, hundreds of people, you can support each other. So there's always like you can, uh, let's say you have a target A, you can distract people in target B so that they di- divert forces over there and then you can nab target A. So numbers can still play an advantage 
Um, but what they can't do, and I say blobbing also regarding Eve, because back in those days I was around when you guys started in Eve, um, when you'd come into a system with hundreds of, uh, you know, the, the, the small fighters or whatever, it would lag the entire system. And so that was one of the aggravations from people back then. But obviously that's not possible now. So I think there's still an advantage in your numbers and, you know, more power to you for that. Um, but at least on an individual match, it's just going to be skill versus skill or intel versus intel or whatever, something that's a level playing field for everyone. We have uh, essentially a larger talent pool. So, for example, when you have in World of Tanks, you can only bring 15 people to a fight. Uh, many people who don't understand how goons work thought that we would do poorly in World of Tanks for precisely the same reason that I've seen in some other games where they say, if you have a restricted match size, then that means that uh, that goons will fail because individual skill, etc. But what people miss in this analysis is that when we are searching for our best players to bring to a particular match, the pool of people that we have to look through is much larger. So if you're taking only the top 8 guys or the top 12 guys out of a pool of 1,000, uh, odds are pretty good that you're going to have uh, more exceptionally talented people just yeah. because of luck of the draw, essentially. This is a uh, question from our live audience. <clears throat> I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit. World War II Ogre. Um, does Goons plan to, I guess, implement the level of metagaming slash spy networking that they've done in games like E? It will depend largely upon uh, the structure of community warfare. One of the things that we know is is that goons in EVE love mechs and that they love tanks. There's a huge overlap in interests. Like, if you're a spaceship nerd, probably you're a robot nerd. Um, but we don't know the structure of community warfare. So, for example, in World of Tanks, you don't actually see any kind of espionage-related metagaming because it's not necessary. In World of Tanks, all you have to do to win is obliterate the other guy, and surprise isn't a question. Espionage tends to crop up when there is surprise or resources within a clan that you can remove or destroy, like a guild bank. You could steal everything in a guild bank or in a corporation's hangars. Um, so, unfortunately, I'm not really going to be able to predict whether there's going to be espionage metagaming in MechWarrior because we simply don't know what role Community Warfare is going to have yet. I was going to say, uh, Ogre point asked that question. It's actually a really good uh, thing because Goonswarm isn't the only ones known for that. I mean, it happens all the time in uh, EVE and other games as well, but that's actually... I think a lot of people are asking for a lot of logistics and a lot of depth to what what hopefully is a really fun planetary system you know some and like he said the the social implications and um things that can occur and for those who may not know what metagaming is because i actually didn't know um you know up to a few years ago um it's basically uh in this reference of let's say the goon swarm um wanted someone to be in aces and needed more information whether that was to infiltrate find out where their fleets or stuff were going they would basically get someone in there and that person would act like they were you know someone else or whatever and they'd basically be relaying info it could be live it could be directly when operations were going on it could be information about what you know where you're at what you know what max what equipment who your best pilots are so that's, leaking your team speak information crashing yeah. your team speak server welcome to the internet and I, I say this 
because Goon Swarm isn't the only groups who do, do that. So I don't want to just highlight them, put them on a pedestal saying, oh, damn you goons, you know, you're horrible. Because, you know, everyone does it as far as, at least in the EVE community. I just think they're, you guys are sort of, people point the fingers at you. Like we, you are the only uh, ones. In our early days, when we were first going to war against Band of Brothers and all their sycophants, uh, we were in a situation where our espionage agency was one of the ways that we could equalize our skill point difference. And we went after it with Gusto. So we've ended up having one of the strongest uh, espionage agencies in EVE for many years now, and it's sort of a foundation of our power in that game. I think that one of the things that's quite interesting about this discussion regarding MechWarrior is, is that we have noticed, we being my people, have seen from viewing the MechWarrior online forums that MechWarrior's and Battletech's culture most closely resembles the old Eonor culture that Eve used to have before Goonstorm had. So, for example, there are people who get very upset at the idea of people legging another mech or using certain tactics are considered to be dishonorable and that this is a, a very bad thing. Um, and I think that the clash of cultures is already quite severe, if you see on the MechWarrior forums, and I think it's going to be sort of a rude awakening because it seems like when people say that such and such isn't honorable or this isn't good or this isn't acceptable uh, you know you're not supposed to metagame you're not supposed to use espionage to win you're not supposed to use every available tool in your arsenal to win a combat in a game that's competitive um, they expect that the person that they are condemning is going to somehow feel chastened by their condemnation uh, and I think that there's going to be a lot of people who see goons, you know, legging or using LRM boats or using laser boats or using whatever it takes to win and are going to sort of wag their fingers at the word of low tax and say, you are dishonorable, you are bad people, and you have a bad reputation. But because something awful doesn't recruit, I mean, some, because we don't recruit from the public, it doesn't matter. And so it's going to, it's going to fall on deaf ears and it's going to result in a lot of very, very angry people. Well, now, well, hold on. That's that's not quite true. Uh, you do at least in Eve. I mean, I can't speak to World of Tanks. I, I haven't played it, but in Eve, you may not exactly recruit from the public, but you do establish frequently uh, close relationships with non-something awful related groups. Oh yes, and, well, we have diplomatic relationships. There's no doubt about that. We make and, deals. And we unsung, deal with politics, etc. An unsung advantage of goons and your the way you organize yourselves is that you frequently have a lot of new player oriented resources for something awful guys that are coming into a game it's uh, true Eve, we have a ton of newbies yes. resources right so are, is there any plans to do similar diplomatic relations or apply those new player resources to mwo or is this just going to be a goons only club it's going to be hard to say. Again, it's going to depend upon the community structure. Uh, I think that if there is territorial conquest, you'll absolutely see diplomatic outreach in the same way that you have in EVE. Um, for those of you who don't play EVE, we lead a very strong coalition of people who are not goons. Uh, we've been fighting on the sides of people who are not goons, who are willing to work with us and see the world our way uh, for many years now. And we actually... We pride ourselves on treating our allies better than most people treat their allies in this game. Um, being Eve, where there's usually lots of backstabbing. Um, we just don't publicly recruit people into into Goonswarm itself, into the actual Goon clan, as it were. 
Alright guys, well hey, we gotta move on uh, Wait, to the rest of the- Wait, one more particular good question from Ogre. Why did goons choose the Liao as sort of your entry point into the uh, into the upcoming history of this game? When we were looking around originally, uh, we were looking for a place that we could make the most impact. And from what we saw examining the community, it seemed like the most common type of Battletech player of the sort that would annoy us the most were your sort of standard issue Davian fanboy. Um, because, you know, they're the heroes in so many of the novels, and it's, you know, yay Davians. So um, we thought that it would make people very angry if we showed up and were House Liao, especially because usually Liao is, you know, the redheaded stepchild of the Inner Sphere. <laughs> so... it's, a bunch, it's a bunch of crazy Asians. I'm just saying, you know, like, I think it's fitting. So we thought it would make people uh, quite upset, and we were rewarded, actually. Almost immediately, people began freaking out about the fact that Goonswarm was going to be uh, Capellan. Griefers, trolls, all of you. <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm very happy that uh, we had you today, and uh, we thank you for being on the show and you know shedding a little light on the beast that is Goonswarm. Um, you're welcome, uh, Matani, to stick around for the rest of the show, or if you have to go, that's fine as well. Uh, it's pretty much just talking about, uh, you know, MechWarrior and Battletech stuff for another half hour or so. So uh, whatever you want to do is fine. Yeah. I got to take off, guys, but thank you for having me on. Hey, thanks no for problem. being here, man. Thank you for coming. All right, guys, so we're going to be moving on to Mech of the Week. It's not just filler. It's all killer. <laughs> This week's Mech of the Week. So, Mech of the Week, I'm George. <laughs> I know, do we want to just have George lead this? Yeah, I think Everyone if, blame George. If George was here, I think oh, he's okay at the moment. But um, he started something that I just I just don't get. And uh, so you guys chose, and here it is, the Great Turtle, the GTR-1. <sighs> Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I think no, that's enough. I, we can move on now. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, next. No, all right, so some info, um, you know, because we dive into this. The Great Turtle, as it's known, uh, 100 tons of just beast. Not only that is, it's one of the unique things we haven't covered. It's a quad mech. For those out there that didn't know, yes, there are quad. That's four-legged machines. That means four uh, targets for uh, Goon Swarm to shoot at. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it means you got to take out two of them before the mech will fall on its face because it can still operate with three. Anyways. That's how, um, you, that's how you beat them. They instinctively shoot for the legs, but it would have been quicker to go for the torso. No. <laughs> if, if you watch Empire Strikes Back, we all know how to take down a four-legged mech. Just get a skinny white guy with a lightsaber and some cables? Yep. Okay. So uh, now, not only is it 100 tons... What's that? Shoot it in the back of the neck. Something like that, yeah. Um... Not only is it 100 tons, but something else that's very unique about it. Jump jets. What the fuck, man? Imagine this thing's like, a beast. Oh, God. <laughs> it, like, what that would look like going in the sky. Anyways, as far as... Body uh, slam of death. <laughs> the tabletop. It would look like that uh, the Godzilla movies where it was the giant turtle. That's what exactly. it would look like. He'd be flying around, you know, and, and some smartass in an atlas would come around and stomp on him. But mm-hmm. you know what? You know, fuck you'd be, you. you'd be you. crushed. That's what I say. <laughs> You'd be crushed by the stomach, not by the feet. Anyways. All right. So it does have jump jets. It goes a whopping 43 kilometers an hour, which is like 
turtle slow. Huh. Anyway. Um, it's a turtle. What do you expect it to do? The Dash 1 has a um, actually pretty wimpy arsenal um, in, in conjunction with its size and armament of other 100 tons. It has a large expulse laser and three medium expulse lasers. So, as yeah, far well, as well, just try to hit the cockpit, smartass. <laughs> on top of that, it's got like 45 tons of armor. So, and then on, insane. It's it's not normal armor. It's like uh, it's advanced armor. So it's one of those things where they went with a uh, a normal engine, experimental armor. Can't kill me. And yeah. Now, how cool would it be if the uh, cockpit actually receded into the body of the mech? It does. Just get it in cold water. Yeah. <laughs> Are we Wait, what? About the turtle? What? So basically, a little info on uh, the history of the great turtle. Um, once the recovery of the helm memory core uh, happened, weapons technology advanced uh, more in 20 years than the previous 300 years before that, uh, which resulted in a reduction of the mech warrior's lifespan. Um, so this was designed as an experiment to increase the mech warrior safety, um, which part of that experiment was all the armor. The great turtle's armor weighs as much as a Clint battle mech, and the head armor can withstand a direct hit from a Gauss rifle. So, pretty intense armor. I don't That's know what I here. need. That's why I picked it. You guys wanted me to pick my favorite <laughs> mech. I picked it because I suck at playing any of these games, and I could last at least five minutes on a field in this thing. Well, evidently, you have a lot of followers because... I just uh, hunker down. Hunker the, down and, you know, blend in with the scenery turtle your way through the match i understand so i've actually i've never used this and or even heard of it and or even no i'd actually i had heard of it because i've seen it at Sarnum, but i'd never seen it in a tabletop ever or a mega mech match um so i really don't have any feedback obviously from its specs i could say some bonuses would be obviously it could withstand quite a lot of firepower um it does have maneuverability for being 100 tons uh and you know for weapon systems it's not horrible but it's sort of lacking be, you know because of its size uh so i would say some benefits are you know the armor and uh the speed which would definitely be a a downfall is sort of negated because it does have jump jets so it can maneuver around a little bit easier so uh i have a question in regards yeah. to uh battle tech lore I, I just just wanted um, to throw a quick thing out there. I've just posted a picture of uh, a great mech that's been painted up by uh, my ooh, friend orange. Jay. Yes, he's, he's Jay Don. He actually used to work for Cyberlore, the company that, that made uh, Mech Warrior Mercenaries. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you, dude. Go on. Well, oh, he's, a, he's a great painter, and that definitely makes the uh, turtle look more interesting to me. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's an amazing job. painter. You look at his stuff sometime. It's just it's boggling how good he is. Well, what was question, the question right um, With the Great Turtle being 100 tons and only moving 43, does that make it one of the slowest uh, assault class mechs? I'd have to... I mean, we'd have to look around. I don't know. It's and if it were in a race with a hair close. mech, who would win? It's it's pretty close. I think so. we all know who would win. The turtle always wins in the end. Right, Slow guys. and steady. We're going to move on to the community questions this week. And our first question is actually from George himself. And George, Uh-oh. do you want to just go ahead and ask that? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking at pictures. Sorry. <laughs> All right. 
George asks, do you think the minimum specs for a rig are going to keep a lot of players away? He says, I know personally that I can't play it on my current workstation and he can't afford a new one these days. And he's like, voice acting really doesn't make him that much money. Um, that's actually a really good question because they just released, you know, the minimum specs that, in my opinion, are pretty damn low. But that being said, I can understand that a lot of people can't go out and buy the latest and greatest as far as PCs. I don't think the game will require, you know, that heavy of a system. So, I mean, look at the minimum specs. To buy something like that is actually really, really, I would say, um, cheap. You can get a system better than that for relatively cheap. So, do I think it's going to keep a f- uh, some people out? I think it's going to keep a few, but it's 2012, guys. Um, if you still have your MechWarrior 4 system and you haven't upgraded, it's time to get a new one. I'm sorry. At least that's how I feel. You guys? Um, well, basically, I mean, there, you know, there's been enough complaining about it, which I understand. You know, it's tough times in the world and the economy, and so not everybody can afford it. But... If you can afford to upgrade or you want to look into upgrading, uh, I happen to know somebody who uh, will help you out very much with that. And that is Phil. So, yeah. But, I mean, we've mentioned it before. Phil can even, he not only builds systems, but if you just want to upgrade a few parts or whatever, talk to Phil. The guy knows. um, What's your, what's your, what do you say, price to performance? Does Um, Phil offer financing? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, when you, the problem and is, I have nothing to talk to Phil about. <laughs> the problem is when you're late uh, paying those payments, he he sends uh, Guido out after you. So, I send, I send the uh, yeah, no, the, mil- the military. Moves. Yeah, great. Uh, Where's the money, the, man? One of the first systems I'm buying right now is actually on the table right there. It's actually ready to go. I need to get it in the box and shipped out uh, tomorrow, and it's uh, for one of the the members of this TS3 actually. So. You know, um, yeah, if you need help. All I can say is if you can't meet the minimum specs, talk to Phil. He'll help you out. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's move I mean, on to the next question. I feel like the, the, that should be an issue now that, I mean, Greg, Brandon, I mean, do you feel like they, I mean, they, to me, it was so low anyways. I was like, I was actually surprised they even, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was surprised that they had support for the dual core duo basically because uh, i3 has become almost uh, a standard but i think it's not i don't don't think it's unreasonable i think it's a actually fairly low for what we were seeing in screenshots mind you know what on the low end how about still playing on the lowest settings it's not being how about this i log on to the forums and i see thousands of people with that legendary status guess what you're not a cheap bastard (laughs) computer (laughs) all right all right, so uh, next question. Um, <laughs> uh, Rise, uh, I want to say, how do you how do you pronounce his last name? It would be Riss, as in Riss Davies, and uh, it's Jornson. Jornson, that's what. Yeah, all right, Riss, Rise, whatever. Sorry, Jornson, if that's actually how you pronounce it. Uh, he says, "I'm going to be somewhat facetious, but not fully. I've been following MWO for a short time, and while the mech concept fascinates me, the closest I came so far." was MechWarrior 4 laggy badly on the PC, you know, way back when. So while you guys discussed the intricacies of computer systems on individual mechs, I just know the mechs stomp around on two legs, shoot stuff, and are generally cool. Eh, you know, that's, that's pretty, you know, that's the basis. I, I get that. Then he goes on and says, given this, is there a chance for someone like me to become a member of one of the more organized groups or I'd be regu- uh, relegated to the internally 
be random matchmaking cannon fodder and where would be a good place to start and get more knowledge about the mech universe I we have an answer great question we've got more lurk around Sarnus for your universe questions well first of all uh, as far as becoming a member of a group, uh, absolutely, you can get into uh, many groups. In fact, listen to some of our previous episodes. You'll hear uh, different units advertising um, that they're looking for members. And then also, soon on our website, we're going to have a unit listing so that people can uh, list their units on there and they'll list their uh, recruitment uh, procedure, whether that's going to their website and filling out a form, whatever. You know, but Go ahead. I think the biggest thing, though, is I, I recommend getting involved, at least on the forums. But personally, me, I want to know who you are if I'm in your group. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear if you're, you know, a total jerk. I want to, you know, like... He wants to like see to naked get, pictures. I get to know you. I mean, and that's the biggest thing. So I would say even right now... Oh, yeah, now, that, that's a huge benefit, everyone. Make sure that you get to know Phil. <laughs> Well, I'm just, you know, I mean, being serious <laughs> here, we've got... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't We've realize. got, like, Go 20 different groups in our live audience, and all of them, you know, for the most part, I've talked to, they're all really great guys, but you wouldn't know that if all you saw was, you know... And gals. Yeah, and gals. Sorry, McGrana, if you're listening. Um, for, you know, all the forum names, I mean, you, you don't know who that person really, really is, so, I mean, I would say get active in the community, uh, hop on the, the Outreach TS3 or other groups, I know there's a few others um, so, hop on here get to know the the Aces, get to know the other groups, sorry, I was, uh, the, I want to say the, the Death Deaths. <laughs> you guys are just driving me crazy with this man, DHB, gonna, get to know DHB, yeah. get to know WBH, use the initials if you can't remember the name but I'm just uh, but yeah, get to know those guys and then make your decision. But as far as that, that's your best route is to, to be a part of the community. As far as the learning what Battletech is, wow, um, you've got so many avenues. What, you got the novels, you got the, the tabletop, you have the card game. I'm sure you could still find them. I still have them. You've got you've, the podcast. You've got the podcast. You've got um, the source tech books for the tabletop. You've got Sarna.net, one of the best resources. I use it all the time. I'm at least on Sarna at minimum two or three times a day. Minimum. Or talk to Gratonymous Art and Sortec Adam. Dude. Gosh. <laughs> Adam, what's up with that, man? Like, are you bipolar? Do you have, like, multiple personalities? Like, what's going on here? I'm confused. Who are you, really? I don't know you, Adam. Anyway, sorry, I mean, the ultimate message is don't be passive about it if you really want to get into a good group do your research get to know people and show them what you can do hey I think yeah. uh, George is recruiting for his new unit FU yeah I have a feeling he's going to get quite a few people <laughs> <All right. laughs> we're going to be so... like the goon squad I'm telling you <laughs> people are going to be worshipping me and telling me how awesome I am all the time and I'm going to be invited to every podcast on the internet you're going to be worshipping me I don't doubt it alright guys <laughs> So we're going to go to the live audience right now, and I already know we have a few questions, and the first one is... First one is Omegar. Yep. Omegar, go ahead, unmute your mic, and let's... Uh... Good evening, gentlemen. What's um, up, buddy? Not much. Uh, the question I had uh, relates back to how late MechWarrior line's coming out in the year, and I was kind of hoping to have more time in 3049 before the clans come and ruin everything, 30 clanners and all that, but... 
do you think that they're going to push back the clan invasion or maybe by chance restart 3049 as it stands? I mm, I mean, this is a very good pure, question. This is pure speculation, but I have a feeling they're going to keep the date as of right now and they're just going to roll forward because technically the clans don't invade the inner sphere until 3050. Now, that would only give you, let's say, what, August 7th? Is that when the 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 founders or whatever go active and affirmative open beta pretty much starts right see si, senor so i mean that gives you you know september october november i mean four months five ish depending on which you know specific month like what month do the clans technically invade that i don't know it doesn't it depend on what planet you're on well, this yeah. is true if, if you're part of the frr you're pretty much screwed so sorry um you know, I think it's too late for them to roll back. I mean, they've already established the, you know, with their news every day, it's uh, moving forward. And I think that that uh, for them to stop that, it's just too much of a monster that they've already created. I don't think they're going to go back on that. So it'll be interesting. I mean, there's going to be a lot of pressure um, for things to happen in the correct. I think the main reason they can't go back, though, is because of the clans. Look, I mean, go to the forums. Your majority of people that are at the forums are clanners. Or, or want to be a clanner, I should say. I mean, uh, that's just the thing it is, right? right? I mean, a lot, and I would be in that boat too um, up until recently, you know. I was like, you know, it's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll go the Merc route. I sort of enjoy that role playing, you know, that's cool. But for the most part, you ask anyone, um, you show them a picture of a, a, a Timberwolf, they're, oh, yeah, that was Mad Cat. I played with that Mech 4, you know. Oh, those things are awesome, clan. That's just how it is. So all these old timers, you know, you guys are going to be against the young bucks as far as the clans, which I think is sort of ironic, isn't it? Um, Cybercarns just pointed out, I think you probably got this from Sarna or something like that, but the clan invasion starts in uh, August 3049 and continues for two and a half years. So it's a long time to have the clan well, invasion. Well, it starts in 3049 when they invade the periphery and, you know, sort of establish and they go from there. But as far as them actually going into the inner sphere because you got to think the periphery was pretty big as far as the outskirts i mean you know it's not like it's just one planet it was a lot of stuff so uh okay but when when do the clans get around to invading the united hindu collective planets your lack of battle technology is making me (laughs) battle tech lore hey you have all those books read the books George is our new lore master. I just tried to be funny because I got nothing else to say. (laughs) Anybody else in the live study audience think he should read the books? I think he should read the books. Okay, fine. Everyone, if you want me to read the books, record them for me and I'll listen to them in audio. (laughs) Or buy a lot of uh, George Ledoux recorded messages that he doesn't have so much pressure to uh, be working. No, it's all right. Or get George to do books out loud. Ooh. I actually did that. I've, I've, I have produced, recorded, and produced an entire audiobook. So there. Well, there oh, you go. For yourself? No. No. Real no, stuff. That, that's that's legal. Stuff. Well, then I don't care. I know. <laughs> that's why I didn't mention it on the show. That's why um, I'm quiet most of the our, time. Our next, our next question is uh, RSM Grim Grimgun. You got? You wanna? Hey guys. Actually, I have a two-part question. The first part is this. MechWire Online is going to be running 24-7 during a planetary defense. If there's no defensive unit in a mission area, what will the time frame be for the assaulting force to take over that particular area? 
And the second question is that if the defensive unit does win and holds the area, what's the time frame between attempts that any assaulting unit can make another attempt for that same area? What does World of Tanks do? I know it's like 24 hours you have to respawn, right? Well, no, what happens is it schedules like a tournament almost for a, a piece of land. And so um, the, the the battles for territory happen at a specific time each day. And either you can show up with a force or you can't. And sometimes people show up with a few tanks and uh, get stomped by a full team. Or sometimes they show up with a full a few tanks and the other team couldn't field any. Um, so, so you can do false engagements to spread them thin. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking right there is Goon Swarm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I'm assuming it's going to be something similar to that because, really, I can't think of another way to make it work. Um, I think I think it all depends on what level you're attacking. And if it's faction versus faction, they'll just pull faction players out or who are launching looking for games. I think we'll just pull them there. But, I mean, it depends if we're talking if a faction trying to attack a Merc House unit. Or yeah, I agree. I think that the houses will be easier to field full teams, maybe because they can pull people just from the house. Whereas Merc units, I think, are going to have to plan accordingly. You know, don't don't uh, assault planets if you're not going to have the forces there to. But you could always, I don't know, if mercenaries are on at the time. I'm just thinking out loud here uh, at the moment. Mercenaries are online at the time moment they have a contract with the house you could also have them being pulled from the merc units as well well as far as to the the question um they one they have to you have to have a heads up so whether it's the same time every day and the battles are ongoing during that time frame whether it gives you a 24 hours notice something like that's going to occur so you're going to know what they're probably not going to do and i agree with this is allow you to choose you know well maybe you could choose a time frame right like uh choose five or something now that may be five hours before or five hours after but it's one of those things where they can't give the benefit to any one side or the other it has to be totally biased as far as when the battle occurs um that being said does that get abused at all because you just said uh darren that in like world of tanks they do um at the same time but people do false advertisements you know they'll have a battle but no one will show up or just a handful is there any other abuses that happen well first of all the, the way it works in world of tanks too is that different areas different land bodies uh have different uh tournament times or combat times. so basically that makes it so the people all around the world that are playing the game um can hopefully uh plan accordingly like don't go attack Europe if you don't like the the time that Europe European fights typically happen. Go for Africa or whatever. So um, maybe there will be something like that. Like certain certain uh, areas controlled by the different houses have different times. Well, remember too, another thing uh, to the to the question, Graham, is your faction worlds. There's going to be worlds that can't be taken over. So. You're going to have enough people out there in the world playing MWO and different groups of large sizes that one group isn't going to overtake everything. And so I don't think you'll have, you know, Goon Swarm rules them all or, you know, some other groups. There, I mean, there's huge gaming groups out there. It's not just Goons, but we just had them on the show to sort of uh, want to introduce you guys, uh, introduce you to what Goon Swarm is and stuff. But there's other groups just big. So I don't think... I mean, look at what happens in, uh, in in World of Tanks. You have you have a lot of coordination going on. A lot of, I mean, 
even at the early stages, you had a lot of that stuff. So. Yeah, and there are tactics as far as setting up false battles, setting up a battle that you only send one person to or whatever, um, and hopefully distract your 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 opponents. Um, so there's a and lot of thinking involved, and I like and that. And it's usually 24 hours, if not probably further, before another battle could be brought to that. So it'll be like on hold, you know, once the, if you defend it, it should, in my opinion, you should have at least within another 24 hours before you have to defend it again. What's interesting, though, is they have stated as of right now that when they do do planetary, unless it changes since, you know, they said it, they said you lose, you'll lose the, the planet, right? It's just one battle, one, you know. Uh, but what they did say is depending on the community feedback and the want or need they may have multi-staged battles so that really goes into the maybe the depth and sort of logistical aspect that um and you know tactical and training and stuff that a lot of groups i think are wanting which i would love to see i would really like to see it more than be more than just one battle i'd like to see multi-stage battles even like multi-purpose battles like you know go for this planetary you know asset or whatever to in order to control the planet a lot like planet side uh one was but uh uh grim you said you had a second part to this question um, that was two yeah that was i give the second one the second one was about the the time frame between the assaults and the okay. reason i was asking was um if it was gonna be an hour don't really know since i'm not in beta what the time frame is for between repairs is it going to be an instantaneous thing like in mech warrior 3 or is it going to be closer to tabletop rules where it takes a specific a specific amount of time to repair uh weapons armor and to reload and uh, swap out damage to components right mm-hmm. i'm i'm pretty sure it's just going to be quick and instantaneous the game's going to be based around a, a particular model, and it has to be that, too. It wouldn't be, you know, people wouldn't enjoy that. And, you I mean, uh, what, I can't play my mech for, you know, seven hours because, you know, while I can't afford anything. You know, it's one of those things where that's that's just how it is. Some people wouldn't enjoy it. Some I wouldn't. personally, the more consequences, the better for me. But, yeah, you've heard enough of that, huh? All right, guys, we're going to move, move on. we got a lot to cover, and we've already uh, brought this past way past its time, so... All right, moving on to MechWare Online. NVIDIA is hosting the MechWare community uh, for specifically MWO as far as I, I'm assuming you'll be able to play the game there. I'm assuming. Don't really know if that's confirmed or not. Have Brennan, if any of you guys heard that? Uh, they said they will have copies of the game there, I believe. Okay, yeah, it is on it was- July 27th. It's in California for those who can be there check it out it's on their website um you can also uh send in a message to mechware at geforce.com uh, submission anyways check the post out i won't be able to go because i live on the other side of the u.s but some of you may be able to go so it's pretty cool uh, mwo staff and them aren't going to be there this is nvidia hosting um using the mwo um that was cleared up by some of the devs they do have the desktop number five up of the catapult. Now this is the founders edition of the catapult, which is very very cool. I think I like the I like this in a way. It's a little bit more well the, the cockpit jutting out. It's a little bit more bird like. Well, it's original like the original artwork, which is cool. I like either or, but maybe others don't. So very cool. And then. We got surprised with the, as I pronounce it, 
Oh boy, here we go. The, the Jagermech. That's and I say that just because every single time I see this thing, I just think Jagerbombs. Jagerbombs. So there's probably Jagermech, Jagermech, and Jagermech. Jagermech. However you want to pronounce it. One thing I will say. I like is, to pronounce it the correct way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy that. Tomato, tomato, whatever you know. Uh, no FD. Tomato again. I think the one thing I was, uh, one, I wasn't expecting this mech. Two, I always believed it was like the urban mech's big brother, just as ugly and abused. At least now it doesn't look like the urban mech's big brother, ugly and abused. I always thought it was an urban mech in power armor. (laughs) You know, so um, very, very cool. Uh, For those who don't know, it's like a ballistics, you know, workout. All right, Even start over. Like <laughs> For those who don't know, <laughs> the dog. Let's just roll with it. Let's put the dog on the podcast. No, that, that was George. It. Is he a new co-host? That was George being funny. Uh, Sorry. Uh, okay, edit number two. And for those who don't know, <laughs> I can't even remember. Yes, I win. <laughs> So it, a lot of people have called it uh, the little rifleman. So maybe for some people who are uh, anxiously awaiting a rifleman, this can be, you know, well, an alternative. Instead of it having um, the rifleman has, you know, a mixed match of energy and ballistics, this is mainly a ballistics, you know, at least the, the model they have there, the variant. You know, it's got ACs in its arms. It does have the lasers in its torso. But you know what I think is interesting is... We all know how the uh, convergence system works. We've seen the videos. Now throw in the arms being more accurate or the ability to be more accurate. That's what I think is going to be interesting. Like, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what you know, uh, you know, how this plays out and how each mech's uh, work based on the weapon systems and their arms and torsos and the difference of. So I thought that was interesting. Indeed. That's an interesting meta thing that might be happening. Personally, I find it, well, I'm still not used to the idea of aiming the arms differently from the front of your mech. I think I would have a hard time doing that. But uh, if it's more accurate, if there's some kind of advantage, like uh, you can get a better firing position just moving the arms and not having to reposition your mech's torso, that could be a distinct advantage for these arm-based weapon mechs. Of course, and the I, downside is always that your arm can get blown off, and then you don't have that weapon anymore. But I think this is a step closer to a, of a more realistic sense of how you know mechs work. They're not just these rigid bodies, you know that that can't bend and move. I mean, so, anyways, FD, amazing job. And as usual, there were comments on the uh, logos. Yeah, actually, first off, the Simonson's Cutthroats insignia. If none of you saw that. Um, which I think is cool because like some of these groups you may have never heard of if you're not a huge you know fan so for one I don't know if he did this on his own or maybe Russ and Brian and the crew you know were telling him to you know maybe he's working with Randall you know all in this actually Randall's the one that supposedly uh, handles that part but yeah so you know there you have it I mean and each one I mean that's what I think is really cool so I agree FD usually tends to sneak some stuff in there for us fans as well. And then we get another screenshot 
screenshot number 10. Now, I'm going to dissect this a little bit. If you haven't checked it up, uh, I think we had someone just post it there. First off, um, it's a dragon being targeted by a mech. Um, the one thing I want to point out is the mech that you're looking through, there's no... It's your baby. As far as the HUD, well, yes, it is a Centurion, but you notice there's no like cockpit. You don't see anything. It's just a HUD, so I don't know what to put that. And then two, or three, look at the freaking loadout. Who does that to a Centurion? An AC2, two flamers, and an LRM5. You're fired, whoever that was. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's a crime. Like, like... I... The Do we need to start excuse... a fund for this poor defenseless mech? Some training needs to happen and occur. I don't know who you are. The only Save excuse the I can hear... CN9A? Is maybe this was like a friends and family, maybe, or something, and it was, you know, little Paul or something, and he didn't know any better. Other than that, there's no excuse. And even then, you should have corrected your son. All right. Um, but the Centurion, it's in-game. I love it. Oh, my God. So, I just... I just I don't even know if it wasn't just, like, made for the screenshot. It could be, but why go through the process of fabricating the, you know, why... Did you look at the ammo? Did you look at the ammo amounts? Look at the ammo for the AC-2 and the LRM. Well, yeah, and so what I'm what I'm hmm. thinking is maybe this is a, a dev build or something like that. You it's know, probably I don't, house. Is it the house. Is it a beta build? Is it a dev build? I mean, we don't know, so... Don't yep. Know. So, moving on, we've got uh, the week in review, and now granted, this uh, this was July 6th, so this was a week ago, um, which obviously they talked about the NVIDIA uh, coming up, the, the new Mac, the screenshot we just talked about, Ask the Devs 9 was closed up, and they actually have the answers which we'll be covering, and uh, on that... We've got the answers. Now, some of these answers I actually really liked. I read through them uh, when they came out on the 9th. And uh, it says, how are you going to handle the destruction of a mech like in the tabletop? Are they just going to fall down, randomly explode, or are they going to stack, pull, and blow the hell up and you and half the world with you? Um, are they going <laughs> to so, stack, pull? I love that, <laughs> bit, right? So we're all just running around and stack pulling each other. Now, the former, not the latter. You mean you guys don't like watching so your chair dirty. out of the cockpit as an explosion behind you? You know, just, uh, we have, they have no plans for nuclear explosion deaths at this time. And all I got to say is thank you. Um, for those who may disagree or whatever, dude, none of the mechs blew up. And it's not a nuclear reactor. It's a fusion engine. Like, like read the lore behind it, even. Whether or not it's true or not, it. They don't do that. So educate yourself, fools. <laughs> so, uh, and I will say this is one of those things that uh, uh, MWL I hated because, like, you would be kicking ass, taking names, like take someone out, and either you took them out and then they would stack pole on you, or you someone would stack pole behind you and you had no control over it. Next, you know, you go from <laughs> green to just. Uh, so I hated that. Or, remember, Darren would be playing and, like, three or four mechs would go at the same time? Mm-hmm. They'd all stack all at once. Chain reaction. Uh, <laughs> and it was, like, a 20% chance, but yet, all, it just... It oh, seemed like every time. I Dude, vote that we make that whole and official term that we use. God forbid we're in, like, a Just covering a the whole with... battlefield with their burning fury. 
with a whole bunch of like <laughs> hospitals around with like babies and stuff. God. <laughs> All right. Um, next question. Most rocks and such in the screenshots and intros, uh, not reboot, all appear to be big enough to hide completely behind. Will there also be some ridgeline boulders that will allow some cover to protect half and allow firing above? And the response of, of course, there's instances like this. It often depends on the mech. Um, with the higher weapons, can fire over more obstacles, but with uh, some, the heads can see over, but like you, you know, I'm assuming you can't fire they're also pretty much just just realistic yeah so very very cool i mean obviously you'd think if you're in an atlas you'd have a higher perspective than you know a a jenner that being said you could poke your head over the ridge and if you fired your weapons it's gonna go into the ridge i mean pretty thick so very very cool next question will there ever be urban maps that look realistic compared to how big cities are in real life and the response was absolutely the frozen city map is not officially an urban urban map to us there will be urban maps coming up very cool i'm glad that's very interesting to hear it's very comforting yes yes not that i i actually kind of like the frozen city map but (laughs) you know it's a cool idea it's but if we have real urban map but if we have real urban maps, then we're one step closer to having an Irby. For well, sure. There's a couple of things that work here. Okay, the the urban map, it's a Arctic map from what I've seen. So you've got not only the this like decaying building kind of thing going on, but you've got a driven snowstorm, which is bitching. Um, but having a live, not decrepit city, like with you know, real buildings that you could destroy you yourself to blow up. is so much better. Yes. All right. The next. It, it always, you know, when we talk about the urban maps, it always takes me back to MW4. Remember that one mission where it's like um, your your. No, don't guard- take me back to that dark, evil place. Damn it, Derek. No, but Why you remember you when you're guarding that? It's like some political thing on a planet, and then all hell breaks loose, and you're running through the the city, whatever. Yeah. I've, that was such a shitty urban map. So I am just I can't wait to see how they do it. It's a great scenario, but yeah, it's a horrible map. Right. I love seeing that same stock building 12 times. (laughs) I know, huh? Uh, One of the other questions was, and we just discussed one of them, but another one was colorblind support. Actually, I thought this was really cool, and I remember a lot of games are doing this. You know, they'll they'll ask people that are colorblind to contact them and and do some testing and stuff. But basically, they they are trying to make it a high priority so people with who are colorblind or have disabilities you know can still enjoy the game and play it without being um you know hindered which that's kudos for them so um one of the other and last questions is could you explain how pulse lasers are or will be implemented in mwo is there going to be real difference from standard lasers or are they simply going to have a little more damage per tick than standard and is there a visual difference between the twos and their answer currently pulse lasers do slightly more damage create more heat and do damage faster they are best used to put a lot of damage on target fast but are less useful in extended fights they're particularly good at picking apart light mechs very interesting all right guys and we have a tweet chat with the game engineer omid um now this was actually today wasn't it yes it was and I believe we have the transcript right here. And let's see. I haven't even checked this out because I just found out about it. Yeah, way, way too long for us to uh, cover. 
but make sure you check it out. It's at Mechware Online, the forums, the general discussion chat with the gameplay engineer Omid. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. And it has been dude. linked. Yes. I so, think one of the. Uh, I, I gave it a quick read there, and I think some, there's some key things in here that are were brought up. Uh, the first thing being the talk about uh, the firing range slash testing grounds where we can try out a mech loadout. Uh, that was um, basically confirmed that it's going to be in the game. Um, where was the other piece here? Uh, oh no, we can always look, cover this next week as well. Look at our form ninja. He's a liquid man. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that because that just came out. So we'll cover that next week. Get some uh, questions and points from him, Bullets. All right, so we're going to move on to Mechware Tactics. The first off. If you haven't checked out, they have a new website, forums, and stuff like that. They have a commando bio, which is really cool. Like, it gives all the stats for it. You get to sort of see the hex. It's obviously, it's really heat efficient. It's got a lot of speed. But as far as, you know, so check it out. I think that's actually really cool. Um, I'd have never thought to do it that way. Um, they've got the first dev questions up. That was for uh, last week. Just And uh, we'll get the... Looks like you the have The question devs. that was asked uh, by Chris was, uh, how much information do you want to know about your opponent's mechs? What information is most important to you and why? All right. We'll find out that info. Moving on to MechWarrior Living Legends, um, I want to point out something. They are pumping out assets as far as uh, materials and stuff. They're trying to get 5.7 uh, ready. The Avatar and Visigoth, um, you can check out their uh, loadouts. They have all the variants. And also, that happened right after that, the Direwolf, a.k.a. the Daishi. Um, which I think is really cool because they asked the community first which one, what they, they did like a poll of what assets were coming out and which ones you want to see the, the variants of. So they got those. The Direwolf just looks like a fucking beast, I'm not going to lie. That thing's just like... Um, are these being released uh, right side by side with the Stormcrow and everything as well? I mean, as far as I know, yeah. So Sexy. Yeah. Big update. Um, and more on that, uh, they're getting close to getting the RC and as far as the, the build ready. Um, they're I know they're pretty much just testing, 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 and getting new assets. So um, I know uh, one of the art guys, Vlad, was pretty much working nonstop. I mean, so... MechWare Tactical Command, we've actually got an update for you guys. On their website, they've got a, a, a memory core update sort of thing. Um, not a whole lot if you're familiar with Battletech. It's actually, in my opinion, I was expecting more. I mean, I was sort of let down. Were you guys when you saw this? I mean, visually and information-wise, I mean, is it anything that you guys were like? Uh, information-wise, yes. I would have liked to have seen more. Um, it's cool that they're at least moving forward. You know, we've been for weeks w wanting to see something from them. So um, rather than... Even, in, in my opinion, why even post this? Like, it, it doesn't... Well, I mean, <laughs> remember, this is for the iOS, right? So maybe it's people who saw it through, say, I don't know, some sort of uh, Apple advert or whatever, or even the face a Facebook advert or something like that. You know what I mean? And so it just gives some more basic uh, background information about the Battletech universe before you buy I'll, the product. I'll have, to, I'll have to check it out on my phone and see if it displays differently or it's you know it's easy to read or something. 
But I, I don't know. I was expecting a little bit more. I mean, it's like uh, that. I know this I'm is just I'm harsh. just happy to see this something. This is going to sound harsh, but it looks like a website that was thrown together very, very quickly. And as far as the aesthetics of it, it looks like it was done in the 90s. So I know that sounds harsh, but hey, that's, you know, like, yeah, uh, one of our uh, guys, GeoCities. That's what it looks like to me. It's just. I remember I know the 90s that's... screams MechWarrior. Come on, man. I know that's harsh, <laughs> but, you know, if you're a game developer getting paid, it, I would just expect a little bit more. Uh, and they have a forums link now, which goes to MechTech and their relationship with MechTech. Obviously, you know, we all know they have one, but I just, I mean, is it that hard to get? I don't know. I, I was just sort of let down not to be. Not Man, to be, angry Phil. I, <laughs> I have high, ex, I have high expectations for people who are getting paid to, to bring uh, things to the community. It should be qual. I mean, I don't know. Maybe my expectations are a little too It low. may be literally that it was just optimized for the, the mobile devices, and that's, you know, that's it. I mean, there's no um, real reason for them to optimize it for PCs, uh, their website I'm talking about. So that may be the case. I haven't looked at it, the website on a mobile device yet, so I have to do that. I'm gonna I kind of like some of the weapon renders, though. I think... I think Darren might be right on that one, that it, it looks like the way the text is laid out and stuff, that this is for mobile, which would make sense for tactical command. But I've seen better, I don't know, uh, let's, let's move on. I don't think that you can get a po- I don't think you can get a positive answer out of me as far as that's concerned. I'm glad they got it out, but I was expecting more out of it. And Now, something we haven't talked about, you found uh, yesterday, or was it the day before? Yeah, I, Something interesting. I have no idea, and this actually might surprise the majority of our listeners out there, But and i got to dig into Or maybe not. Part. And may, Yeah, maybe some of you guys know about it, um, and by the way, uh, we have our, our Adam, who does our website, says that it's, it's not a mobile site, so anyways, uh, again, moving on to something new. Um, you may or might not have heard this. I don't know if it's pre- or post-MechWarrior 4. But there was another game in development, and it was by FASA Studios, and it was called MechWarrior Prime. And uh, someone's going to link it to you real quick. Now, Already there, did. there is a, a YouTube version of the uh, movie. Just one second, because I believe the one on that that link doesn't doesn't quite work. But first off, what the hell? I'd never even heard about this. Never even knew. Didn't. Did anybody? Did you guys know about this? You didn't nope. know, or you didn't want to know? No, I had no idea. Yeah, no, I didn't know about it either. When you showed it to me, that was the first knowledge I had of it. So, you've got some screenshots as the uh, Vulture, Mad Dog, running, pretty cool animations. I mean, compare, I mean, it looks better than Mech 4 originally did. I mean, obviously, it was a work in progress, it's, but... It re- especially the picture of the cockpit and stuff like that, it's very Mech 3 uh, feel to it. And it was in development for the Xbox, the PC. Um, it gave a little bit more to the cockpit, like uh, you were just stating, Brandon. The, the, it's almost like Mech 3, Mech, Mech 4, uh, as far as the the details they were trying. It looks like they were trying to go a little bit more detail. Now, I don't know. I don't know where, maybe, like I said, we'll dig into it a little bit more and do some investigation about it. I think it's funny because, like, when you watch the video, you know, it highlights a mech running through trees. Ooh, that's such a new technology. 
Back then it was, though. I mean... Adam makes a good point. Prop wash. If you're out there, let us know. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I don't know if he'll exactly know, but we'll find out. I'll, I'll do some digging. I'll ask some people that I know, and maybe maybe we'll find find an answer. But it just really surprised me, because I had no freaking clue it even existed. And just makes you sort of wonder. So, obviously it was before Fast Studios got bought out, too. So it may be pre-Mech 4, so... All right, guys, it's been another great show. I want to say make sure you stop by Facebook. Give us some feedback. Um, we've been posting ahead of time the community questions and the, the mech vote. One thing we're going to try to do is from here on out, it's going to be 7 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays from here on out. So we're going to try to make that work unless something comes up. So put on your calendar from here on out. Um, and we're almost, I think, to, to 700, right? Nope, almost to 600. Almost 600. I was, I was ahead of 567 as of right now. So we are uh, within range of 600 and uh, should be there shortly. Like us, like us, like us. Yes, keep giving us feedback. Again, uh, if you're interested in the shirt, you can go to the website, go to donations and T-shirts. We're going to be ordering our first batch uh, tonight, and uh, if not tomorrow. And uh, getting pictures up. I know some of you have been wanting pictures before you pull the the trigger, so that's definitely understandable. And uh, and I do want to say one other thing too. Um, a few of us mentioned the uh, the game, the mod uh, Daisy DayZ earlier. Uh, we actually have a No Guts No Galaxy Daisy uh, uh, server. So if you'd like to join us, look up Chicago One Three Four and join us. There you go. So. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Philip. This is Darren. This is Greg. This is Brandon, also known as Patrick Hell. And this is George. Until next time, MechWarrior. It'd be best if you avoid me, but I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me. You can feel it on my skin, but there is more. Just a little off The truth is that once I'm a watch But now I'm a robot